Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host, with the most, Chris. I hope everyone's having an exciting day today. I know I am having a great time. It's summer. The weather's a little warmer, getting to wear shorts, kind of being outside a little bit more. Very exciting. I've actually picked up basketball a little bit more. I've been hooping with a couple buddies of mine at the gym, so that's been really fun to get into. But obviously, you guys are not here for my personal life. Let's go into the podcast. But first, before we uh, start the podcast, I do want to give it a little disclaimer because I did see this on social media and people commenting and stuff about this information. So earlier this past week, I did get a comment saying that I've been reporting on late news or stuff that has already happened. Here's the thing on how, how this podcast works for how I run it. So how I run the podcast is that I cover topics that I want to talk about. Whether they're late or not is is a discretion for me. So when topics happen and when I find out topics, you know, to cover on this podcast, sometimes they've happened after I've already shot the episode. So, for example, in this episode, we're going to talk about game two with the heat and the nuggets. Now, obviously, that game already happened about a week last week, and I'm recording the episode uh, this as of today of this recording on Wednesday. So obviously the game has already happened and it was about a while back and, you know, other people have already talked about it. Which is fine, I get that, but I don't record every day for the podcast. I don't make like, you know, twice a day, twice a week, three times a week podcast episodes to cover everything. You know, it's a little bit hard for me because I do have stuff outside of the podcast that I do. I have a job that I work, and then also I have school that I attend and I'm trying to finish, so that way I can, you know, graduate and can be completely done with that part and chapter of my life. So. That's the other stuff that I have on top of doing the podcast. The podcast is something I do, you know, weekly. I do one episode just because that's when I realistically have enough time to make episodes. And that's when I realistically can sit down, see what topics I want to cover, and then go that route. So if it's like an issue that, well, this has already happened, this is late news, whatever, whatever, I'm sorry, but... How I do the podcast, it's not an everyday thing. This is not something that makes me, you know, money, you know, money to where I'm comfortable and I can just go and do this three or four times a week. It's not. I have other stuff that I have to get to. So the podcast, like I said, I run it. It's weekly. It's at least once a week is when I get episodes done. I, you know, and I'm the one that runs everything. So I'm the one that makes the video for YouTube. You know, I add the little promotions that I do. I'm the one that uploads it to Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and all that good stuff. And then I also upload it on my social medias, which by the way, if you're not following me, follow me at CAV Sports or CAV Sports Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. So make sure you guys follow me there. But I'm the one that does it all and I have to find time to do it. So, so like, for example, I talked about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing and they said that was very late. And I get that. It may have been late news, but that's when I decided to talk about it because that's when I that's when I talked about it. Now, the Garoppolo thing was actually like I believe it was covered like that week or like a day after the podcast or like about a day or two before the podcast was shot. So that's when I first kind of heard of the story. So that's another thing is that some stories is when I hear about it. If it's late, it's late. But there's sometimes, you know, there's nothing I can do especially if I've already shot the episode and something has already happened or if I, you know, if something happened and I haven't shot the episode just yet and it could be, you know, days prior or whatever, 
So keep that in mind when you kind of like listen to the podcast and kind of keep in mind that it this is weekly and this is kind of like, you know, when I find stuff to talk about, I find stuff to talk about. And that's the route I go and that's what I can, I'm going to continue to do until I can find more time to actually sit here and do maybe more a couple episodes. But until then, I'm still going to run the podcast how I want to run it. I'm still going to cover topics that I want to talk about, whether they're late or not. You know, sometimes it's just it's, to- it's something I do want to talk about, like the Garoppolo thing. So keep that in mind when you listen to the podcast and you say, like, hey, wasn't this record? Like, wasn't like the Heat and Nuggets game like last week? Yes, but the game was played literally the next day after the podcast was recorded. And I believe in the last in the last episode, I said who, uh, you know, I talked about game one, which was days about close to a week prior after game one was finished. So keep that in mind whenever you listen and you say, hey, like, wasn't this about a while back? And yes, I do agree. It has been a while back. But, you know, that's what this is the time I have to be able to make content for you for the podcast for you guys so that's exactly when they're gonna get talked about it's just like i said i have way too much stuff that's outside of the podcast that i do and you know schooling work all that good stuff so this is around like once a week is a perfect time for me to actually sit down write down topics and you know look at stuff and go about it that way so please keep that in mind when you're listening to the podcast and you know kind of think about it in that perspective is that when you have other stuff going on that you know you kind of want to finish or you want to Get out of the way first before you do something else. That's how I work. So, for example, I want to get my schoolwork done and I want to get work off of my plate before I come here and start doing episodes and stuff like that and, you know, podcast stuff. So keep that in mind, please. Uh, You know, going forward, that's how it's going to run until I officially announce that I am going to be doing more, which hopefully that'll be soon after school is finally completed. Maybe I'll have a little bit more time to sit down and maybe do a couple more episodes. But we'll see what happens there. Like next week, or it's going to be a two uh, two episode week because I'm going to do one when I usually do one, and then I'm having the special edition one at West Texas Comic Con with Butter being the box uh, Butter being the boxer as a special guest. It's a live audience one. I hope anyone out there in the Lubbock area can make it out it's at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. So make sure you guys head on out there. I will be there June 17th with a live episode of the CAV Sports Podcast with special guest Butter being. But just to wrap it up, some. Some stuff has already happened or happened prior to the episode, and I just haven't shot anything yet. It happens. Some, you know, people are late. Even other podcasters are late on stuff. Some shows are late on stuff. You know, it's kind of sometimes it just depends on when you get to it. And that's kind of the reality with me, at least how I do the podcast and how I shoot stuff. Because, like I said, I can't get to everything on time because this isn't something I do daily. This is something I have to plan to make time and write out my stuff for the podcast. And this is stuff I want to talk about. So keep that in mind going forward with the podcast. All right, so enough disclaimer talk. I want to talk about something that I caught my eye, I believe, yesterday. I was playing basketball with a buddy of mine. Shout out to my man Tito, who told me this story when we were playing basketball. The PGA Tour and Live Golf, Live Golf have officially merged together. Here was my here's my reaction to this whole to this whole story when I found out how in the world did this happen? Like how did PGA and uh, LIV Golf come together and decide to do that? Because that like okay, so here's the thing. So I learned about you know how why uh, the golf the other golf organization was formed because obviously they're gonna pay their golfers more money. They have more to get them there. They bringing in bigger names. They even stole golfers from the PGA Tour and brought them in so they can play in their 
in their professional golf league. And it was, you know, it was one of the craziest things because we did not think that a, another organization would step up to the PGA because the PGA Tour, the PGA, the Masters, all that stuff is like top tier. It's up here. And a lot of organizations would dare to even try to even, you know, compete with that. We've seen it with the XFL uh, pro years ago, not this one, but like years ago, whenever it first started, you know, they try to compete with the NFL and it's just really Hard. It's the same way with not even just sports perspective here, but even TV broadcasting. You know, it's hard to put shows or debut like pilot episodes or release new episodes to the public on, say, Monday, uh, Monday nights or Thursday nights even because uh, during football season. Because why? Everyone's going to watch Monday night football. Everyone's going to watch Thursday night football, unless it's on Amazon, because that was not fun for anybody. But you guys get my point here. You're going to more than likely watch the football games more than you're probably going to want to watch, I don't know, like a show that's coming out like Young Sheldon. You know, if say they release their episodes on Thursday, what are you going to watch? The new episode of Young Sheldon or are you going to watch football? It's kind of like one of those comparisons thing. Like I said, unless it's on Amazon, probably Young Sheldon's going to win. But either way, it's still crazy that, that, that they were able to merge and come together. The crazier part was that none of the golfers were informed that the merger was happening. I forgot which one, it, which golfer it was. I know it was one of the main ones. I'm blanking on his name, but he commented saying, "I had no idea this is ha this was even on the table," and they are mad. They are furious because some of the some of the golfers that left the PGA went to live golf because they were going to make more money. You know, in the end, they were going to make more golfing with them than they were with the PGA, and some of them even liked the organ the other organization more than the PGA. So. When they announced the merger, it was just something I never would have saw coming because they absolutely hate each other. They've stolen golfers from each organization, a little, little bit more from the other, you know, from some people, a lot of people more have jumped ship from PGA to the other organization. So when you think of it like that, that's why I think it's so crazy that they were able to make this work or even think of a merger because they hated each other's guts for such a long time and they were not agreeing pga was trying so hard to sign a bunch of new golfers and they were trying to put their you know their hand on and their their foot on their metaphorical giant foot and make sure they cap you know they trap a lot of golfers before someone else comes and picks them up because now they have competition and some of them can pay the money like the saudi arabia organization so this is this is just a big developing story uh, development story that I heard yesterday. So like I said, shout out to my man Tito for telling me. But to me, it was just it was crazy to think that this would even be possible that they were actually going to try and merger and see where it goes. I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's because PGA. I don't think PGA is losing viewers. I've seen a lot of people love to watch golf. You know, I'll I'll watch the Masters every now and then, depending on who's playing in the Masters. I'll watch it. But other other than that, really like. I know there's a big fan base right now for golf. A lot of people have been following it. My parents are a good example of that. They've been following golf. They've been, you know, into it. A lot of friends of mine, some classmates, colleagues have been paying close attention to the PGA. And, you know, and as they should because PGA is probably one of the bigger organizations, you know, out there. So now that this merger has begun, now they're going to get the golfers from the LIV organization and now they're coming to the PGA and some of them left PGA because they don't want to be there anymore. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure they're going to play because they're going to want the prize money, you know, and I mean, hey, blood money talks. That's all I got to say. Blood money talks and it talks 
real big and really loud when it looks real good in your pocket. Alrighty, so moving on for the PGA and the news there, let's head on over to the NBA. Like I said, interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey everybody, Chris from the CAV Sports Podcast, and I want to give you guys a major announcement. The CAV Sports Podcast will have a live episode. Join me June 16th through the 18th at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for West Texas Comic Con. Make sure to get your tickets today. And on June 17th, we will be having a special taping of the CAV Sports Podcast with special guest, Butterbean the Boxer. I want to thank Goldmine Collectibles and West Texas Comic Con for even making this happen. I'm super excited. Remember, June 17th at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center, live, the CAV Sports Podcast will be going with special guest Butterbean. See you there. Like I said, we're going to be covering Game 2. The Heat beat the Nuggets 111 to 108. I'm a little shocked because more because it was in Denver. I figured that the Heat would win more at home than they would in Denver, especially since role players typically do better at home because they're a little bit more comfortable there. But here's the thing: the Heat are going into this into the series with that I don't care mindset. They're like, they're like, why not? Like. You know what I mean? Like, we don't care if we win or lose. We still got here. We went through the whole Eastern Conference where, you know, we've put up fights against the Bucks, the Knicks, the Celtics. We've seen them, you know, even after they lost their first playing game and they were about to get eliminated, they still clawed their way back into the finals this year. So seeing them that they pulled this win off was in, was honestly incredible because I after the first game I'm thinking yeah okay they're going to probably go back and forth and the Nuggets are going to win game 6 game 5 or 6 either way but here's the thing in this game three people went over 20 points for the Miami Heat Butler 21 Bam 21 and Vincent 23 so those you know Bam Adebayo already had a great game in game 1 this game he repeating it and now Jimmy Butler and Vincent stepping up and just that combination of what they're able to do. And one of the crazier things is that they flustered Jokic, you know, on the def- on the defensive end. They were flushed, you know, on defense he was getting frustrated because they they figured out a little offense that was able to kind of mess up Jokic, you know, and kind of give him different looks, whatever, whatever. They came up with a great, you know, scheme to kind of not minimize Jokic but throw him off to figure out, you know, kind of think a little bit more of what he's going to want to do going forward and they were able to pull it away with that win because watch Jokic only Jokic had 41 points so obviously he wasn't the problem he's still you know everyone's argued he's the best player in the world right now and I I can concur with that I think between him it's like him and Giannis I think Giannis is the closest but I think Jokic right now has been proving he's been pretty good especially since he's been more available than Giannis and Embiid but he had 41 points so he did fine but the rest of the team not so much I mean Aside of Jamal Murray, who had 18, but he was 7 for 15, KCP only had 6, and Michael Porter Jr. only had 5, which those players usually step up in good games. I think Aaron Gordon had 12. So some of those players like KCP and, you know, Michael Porter Jr., they step up with Jokic, and they're able to, you know, be elevated with Jokic, you know, to blow out teams. Because not only can Jokic score, but they also have some other, you know, dogs on that team that can get buckets. You know, Jamal Murray is a good example. 18 points, but Michael Porter Jr., who's been great this season for the Nuggets, he just didn't step up this game. And now the Nuggets would end up losing the game because of the because of the situation that they put themselves in. 
So I think for the Nuggets, they're, they're just the role players are going to have to step up a little bit more than that because Jokic getting 41, still impressive. I'm not surprised. Everyone knows he can at least get you 30. Jamal Murray can for sure at least get you, 20, you know, 18 to 25. I think he can get you there. But KCP or, you know, Michael Porter Jr. or even Aaron Gordon, they got to step up and get at least – at least if, I say Michael Porter Jr., if he would have at least got an extra three, uh, four points, they would have won by, they would have won by one. So that's what I mean is that you can rely on Jokic and that's fine. But the rest of the team needs to step up because we've seen what happens when only the star player cooks. The Golden State Warriors are a good example. When Curry cooks and no one else does like Clay or Poole, they're not great. We've seen it happen. LeBron's another good example. He'll have a great game. He'd only sit for four minutes at a time. But when AD isn't doing good or Austin Reeves is only getting 12 or whatever, he can't, you know, you're not going to win games like that. The Ma- my, my Dallas Mavericks were a good example of that. Luka will score 60, you know, 50, 60 points. But when the rest of the teammates ain't picking it up, we're, gonna, we're not going to do well. We're not, we're not going to win games like that. And that's essential, especially right now in, in, in today's NBA game. You're going to need your role players or at least your second stars or whoever you have on that team to at least help you out to the point where you can be successful and win some games. But like I said, if Michael Porter Jr. scored maybe four more points or, you know, KCP2 and, you know, he would have got eight and Porter got seven, they would have won the game by one. So let's keep that in mind. So as of this recording, it is almost seven o'clock. So game three is being played tonight. This this episode of the podcast is being recorded on Wednesday so, the, so obviously the game's tonight at 7.30. I'm very excited to watch it. I think the, I think the Heat are going to take it. I think they're going to continue this momentum going into game three, especially being at home. They are, they're going to be good at home. You know, they like it there in Miami. The only downside I will say is that Tyler Hero will not play. I believe the head coach announced it, that he is not going to be suiting up for this game. A little, a little sad, but I mean, they've been doing good enough without Tyler Hero right now. So I think, you know, he has a little bit more time to rest. Don't rush it especially since he just got screws in his hand or whatever the heck the injury was. So don't rush, don't rush back. You know, if we're in a good spot, don't feel like you have to come back right now. You know, take a little bit more time. And then if you're ready by probably the more clutch games, it's probably going to be when Tyler Hero is going to be needed, especially at the six man position. So I would say for Tyler Hero, I love Tyler Hero. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I'd probably say top five right now. As of right now, he's like one of my top five, like favorite players. I love Tyler Hero, but you know, calm down. Don't feel like you have to rush back yet because at least at least they took a game away from Denver at home. I want to like say like that's at least a win is that they were able to take from the Nuggets. Now, I still think the Nuggets will win it maybe in six because I do believe they may steal game four and then game five and then they'll win it in game six. But anything can happen. Anything can happen. I picked the Nuggets when the when the series first began. I said five or six, but you know now that the Heat won a game, I think they'll win it in six. I, I believe so. Alrighty, so speaking of crazy news, so John Morant's back, everybody. He is back. So apparently, this was a this was word from his camp that the gun that he got in the IG Live video store uh, video was a toy gun. It doesn't matter if it's a toy gun. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry for anybody out there that like thinks that makes a difference. It really doesn't. Here's why: because being a toy gun or not. To the, you know, just from a third person's perspective, if I was on the street and I saw someone doing that, no matter who it is, you know, anyone can do this, and I see them flaunting a gun like that, I'm not going to, I'm going to feel a little uneasy, you know, because 
whether whether you, you're saying it's a toy or not, I have to assume that that is a loaded weapon. You know, and it's a dangerous weapon to be flaunting around and all that. And the thing with this comment that the that there, that his camp was you know making is that it's not helping your case either way. He shouldn't be doing that after just two months ago he was in uh, Adam Silver Adam Silver the NBA commissioner's office saying this won't happen again. I'll clean up my act. You know, I'll be a better role model for the kids and all that. Comes back and gets in trouble again with his IG live video. So it doesn't matter if it's a toy gun or not. No matter what it is. If this was the case, he should have said this when the story first broke out. You know, this should have been something that should have been stated right when it began. You know, right when we saw the video, he should have said, so when, so, you know, that way we would have been, okay, it's a toy gun, but still Johnny shouldn't do that. And he probably would have got a lesser sentencing than he's going to get after the finals is over. I believe Adam Silver uh, commented saying that they will, they will announce his punishment after the finals, which I think is very great. Don't take away from the, you know, obviously the finals. He, everyone's loving the finals right now, especially being in the Nuggets and the Heat. So don't take that away. Let's let's wait for this John Moran thing until after the finals, and we'll go back to it. So it doesn't help your case, Jaw. I'm sorry. It just really doesn't. And then after the whole apology theme that everyone doesn't believe that it was, like, sincere, it sounded like some like someone from his team or one of the AI programs that, you know, people used to write essays or whatever. That's what it sounded like, which is already a bad note and a sour taste to a lot of people. So now with the camp coming out saying it's a toy gun, doesn't help your case. You're just digging your grave even bigger because you're because essentially you're saying like, no, it should be OK because it was a toy gun. Doesn't matter if it was a toy gun or not. From a from a third perspective, from me, like if I saw the like when I saw the video, I'm thinking that's a loaded weapon that you're just flaunting in the air. Doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who says it. I don't care who it may be. If it was John Moran or somebody else, doesn't matter. I see a gun being flaunted. I'm still gonna assume that it's a it's a loaded weapon and that is dangerous to do, especially since you know it's a it's a you know firearm that can potentially hurt or fatally kill or you know kill somebody. So. We have so Jaw has to keep that you know kind of in the back of his head. So what do I think the punishment's gonna be for John Morant? I think half a season. Well, now I don't, I don't, I don't know about now because he's you know I'm thinking half a season minimum. I don't think it should be a full year because I mean I think if you take away basketball for quite a while, he's gonna lose out on some money. I I think that you know he's gonna he's gonna learn his lesson. I've always believed if you want to get through to somebody. You hurt their wallets. You come for their money, they will listen to you, no matter who it is. It could be, you know, a player like that, a boss, even a congressman, anybody like that. You go for their wallets, oh, they'll they'll open their ears up real quick and find out what's going on. You just throw anything that may cost people money, they'll listen immediately. So I think that if if it's going to be punishment, I believe it's going to be half a season, a uh, half a season to a full season. It's going to be one of the two. I don't think it's going to be like a little like a little one fourth one, or you know a few games that he's going to miss. I think it's going to be a big one, especially since this wasn't the first incident that this happened. And you know them trying to defend that, you know trying to come and defend that. Oh, it's just a toy gun. No, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it was a toy or not. It still looked reckless, and you know is reckless, and it could still be a firearm because you know we don't know. So. That's, that's what I'm about to say about Jaw, and half a year is probably going to be suitable. Half a year to a full year, it's going to really depend on what Adam Silver is going to want to do and what they're going to, you know, what he's going to decide moving forward. But Jaw, I mean, for me, any advice for Jaw, just own up to it. Just, you know, come out. If you're going to be on IG Live, do it there. And just say, I apologize. My actions don't reflect, you know, who I am. 
you know, I, I'm going to try to do better. I think if he would have just said that, you know, you know, being more sincere and coming from him in his mouth and just said, you know what, hey, I, I screwed up, my bad. Like, I will, I will definitely work hard to be a better person, reevaluate who I'm with. Because that's the worst part is that it's not even the fact that Jaw did it on his Instagram. It's the fact that his buddy did it. And I think that's like the worst of it all. Because in the story that popped up, it said John Morant's friend. You know, not many sources know who the person is. I think a couple people, I don't really know what the name of the guy is, the one that shot the video. But they can't, but they tie it back to him. Like, oh, this is a friend of John Morant who was, you know, a video surface of John Morant's buddy, you know, on IG Live of him flaunting a gun. Guess what? It connects to you. Here's an example. So, so like I've I've heard of situations where like people you know get into fights that you know are actually no let's not use that example let's use this example so say you recommend somebody right like you're you're a manager you're recommending like a buddy of yours like oh hey I recommend let's say John I'm recommending John because he's a hard worker a good friend of mine and you know he's gonna help out this uh, the company and your but and your manager Steve goes you know what I got you let's let's talk to him. Bring him in, he's starting fights, he ain't getting stuff done, he's doing this, he's doing that, he ain't being a team player. Guess who that reflects on? And not John, well, John, yes, but who does it reflect on? You, because you're the one that recommended him. It's the same situation, you know, because that's John Morant's friend, because it's going to go down as John Morant's friend's video, uh, you know, posted a video of John Morant flaunting a weapon, such as I recommended John, John to help out, our, to help out the company, but... My boss finds out he's a horrible person to work with, and guess who that reflects on? Oh, you know, Chris's buddy John, who he recommended was not a good worker, or who was that guy? That's Chris's buddy. His name is John. That's what I mean, and that's what I'm getting at here is that you gotta you gotta be careful who you associate yourself with because they can tear you down just as much as you can, especially if they just have any association with you. With you know, especially if they can get you in trouble. So that's another thing I would say for Jaw is the. Probably reevaluate who you surround yourself with and probably pick some different people to kind of figure out, you know, what, you know, how this is going to go going forward. Alrighty, so next up, I got on my Dallas Mavericks shirt, you know, got the Luka Doncic because we're talking about Kyrie Irving reaching out to LeBron to see if he'll come to Dallas. What? Now, first off, would I like LeBron to be there in Dallas? Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't want LeBron James? You know, he's still doing great at age 38. He averaged about over 25 points, I believe, and uh, I believe a double-double, honestly. But, you know, great player overall. He still has a little bit left in the tank. You know, he had some foot issues, whatever. But realistically, this isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. This isn't going to happen because, number one, I think that if we're going to bring in anybody, we need to bring in defensive players, and we got to bring in – kind of side pieces for Kyrie and Luka, if we want anybody. Just because that was our struggle when Kyrie came in. When we traded away uh, Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, everything went downhill from there because we were one of the top teams in the West and dropped down to 11th because we had no defense. We had no defenders to help out, and it was a disaster. You know, not only to add on top of that, Kyrie and Luca. I know some people are saying that they're not, they don't work together, but I think that 16 games is not enough, you know, of a sample size. He kind of just came in and they got a and they got a limited for playoff contention, so they didn't even get like a really, really fair chance to see if they can work together. But with that, you know, we, I'd rather have some, a little bit more 
at least role players and defensive players than LeBron. Here's why. Not because LeBron's a bad player. I'm not saying that at all. I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. However, my problem is that we'd have to give up a ton to get LeBron James. Way too much, in my opinion. Because we're going to have to probably give up a ton of first-round picks. Like, probably about five or six, maybe seven first-round picks. And on top of that, we still got to give them players, which I don't even know who would they even want. Like, Timmy Hardaway? N no. Probably not. Uh, Kibba? No. There's going to be no one that the Lakers are going to want for LeBron James. The only way I can see this happening, and this is in La La Land, mind you, is if we trade Luka for LeBron. I don't want that either because I'd rather have Luka. Here's why. Luka is younger. He's 24. He is going to be in the league for a long time. He's already considered one of the best in the league right now. And he's very, very young. I'd rather have Luka Doncic for 10 years than LeBron for two. And the reason why is because LeBron still has one more year in his contract and a player's choice, so I'm counting two, with the Lakers. So if he comes in and we trade away Luka, LeBron's going to be there for a year. And then if Bronny comes in the next year out of college, first, uh, you know, one and done it, and goes somewhere else, guess what? LeBron's going to go too. And that's going to be his player choice. And that's what I mean here is that I'd rather guarantee we're going to have Luka for 10 than be question marking if LeBron's going to stay here for two. And that's kind of my concern for the Mavericks if we even try this. And I know Kyrie wants to, you know, he wants to work with LeBron again. And he wants to, you know, team up and he thinks this could work. He wants to form his own big three with Luka, LeBron, and Kyrie. Don't get me wrong. That, that trio would be monstrous because you'd have Kyrie, Luka, and LeBron, probably some of the greatest in the NBA right now, all teaming up at once. But it, we're going to have to give up way too much to freaking bring them in. And on top of that, we'd be very top-heavy. I'd rather also have some depth, you know, on the bench, ready to go, which I don't even know if we would have if we try to trade for LeBron James. So that's another issue we have to think about. All right, so continuing with Kyrie Irving, do, where do I think he's going to stay in Dallas? I actually think so. I think Kyrie Irving's going to stay in Dallas. The reason why is because there hasn't been a lot of buzz about getting Kyrie Irving. You know, I know everyone was freaking out that he was at the Laker game. He's Everyone's saying, oh, he's going to the Lakers. He's going to the Lakers. Here's the issue. Kyrie Irving has already came off the bat. He wants a max contract. And I don't know if the Lakers would have enough money for that. Because keep in mind, they would have to sign him and Austin Reeves and whoever else they're going to need to sign. And they're not going to be able to afford Kyrie and Austin Reeves at the same time. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. But it's just it's not realistic if the Laker Nation wants Kyrie Irving there. They're going to have to give up Austin Reeves. So that's another thing that is an is a issue for Kyrie is that the Lakers aren't going to get him, in my opinion, because they're not going to be able to afford Kyrie Irving, especially for how much he wants. I think he'll stay in Dallas because Mark Moneybag Cuban, he can work his magic. He's a businessman. He'll make it work. He'll probably talk him down to maybe a three-year, 150, something like that. You know, kind of keep him to stay. I mean, Texas ain't that bad. I mean, no state income tax. I'm just saying, no state income tax, Kyrie. You can stay in Dallas and Texas and don't have to worry about any of that in L.A. You got a big old state income tax, and I believe you have a another tax for being an athlete. Kind of crazy. But either way, I think Kyrie's going to stay just because I think we're going to have an offer that realistically he can fit and make. I feel like if a lot of other teams are going to want Kyrie, they're not going to give him the max contract or they'll give him a small one for two years and see how it works or whatever. But I really don't see a lot of teams really offering him a ton of money or at least a close to a max contract. I think the Mavericks are going to be the closest 
and I believe just staying there, trying to see if he can work it with Luca, because now he'll get a full off season with the team and with Luca and with Jason Kidd and trying to go that route, and hopefully it'll work. But I do think that Kyrie is going to stay in Dallas. All right, moving on to the NFL. Hey, everybody, I just want to take a real quick pause from the podcast to introduce our first sponsor, One Guy from Italy on University. One Guy from Italy on University is a local Lubbock restaurant located right next to Texas Tech University. They have some of the best food in town. I know personally, I go order. The house calzone is my favorite. And also, they have been voted to have the best calzones in Texas. So if you're ever in Lubbock, Texas, make sure you guys stop by One Guy from Italy on University. And thank you guys for being our first sponsor of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. NFL. So, it has been reported earlier earlier this week that Rodgers and the Jets, they actually canceled mandatory minicabs. Here's my issue. Well, first of all, I'm not really shocked because guess who's in charge? Guess who's back in charge? It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. We've said it before. We saw it. We were seeing it before even Rodgers got there. They were trying to get his wish list to make him happy and hopefully convince him to come to New York. And now that they got him, guess who's in control? It's Aaron Rodgers. He's back. He's in the driver's seat. Same mistake the Packers made. They gave him way too much power, and now he's in control. He got control a heck of a lot quicker than he did in Green Bay, but he got it immediately with the Jets. Here's my problem with them canceling minicamp. The problem I have with the Jets canceling is that it's a new quarterback with a new set of wide receivers, a side of one, and a new and a new offensive system. You're going to need all the practice you can get. You're going to need a lot of time to work with your wide receivers and with the new running back, you know, and figure out this new system. You're going to need some time. It's not something you can just pick up fast. I do know that Rodgers is a veteran and, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's a smart man. He can figure it out. But the problem is that he needs to, you know, get to know more of the, you know, receivers, you know, get the feel for the offensive line. And that's what minicamp is for, especially since they're going to be reporting earlier since they have the Hall of Fame game coming up. So they're going to be one of the first teams to play. So they're going to have to report to, you know, OTAs and all that pretty soon in training camp a lot earlier. So this is a not really. Well, yeah, I'd say it's a concern. I'd say it's a concern because. If you don't have that extra, you know, few days to practice and get everything, you know, situated before you go into training camp, before you go into training camp pretty soon, you're going to have a big problem because you're going to wonder why Rodgers can't connect with anybody. And those those critical uh, practices could be a difference between figuring it out when the season begins or figuring it out towards later in the season when it's too late. And I think that's the issue because we saw that we saw that happen in Green Bay last year when he didn't come. He didn't come for a while. He finally came in and they were and his timing was off with all his wide receivers, especially since he didn't have Devontae Adams anymore. You know, his timing was off. The rhythm was off with him and the wide receivers. And it was a hassle. And now the Jets are taking mandatory time off. I can understand. I can understand this. If the Jets took off a day or two, you know, like, all right, you know, we'll call we'll, we won't come in Thursday. It'll be a team bonding event. Like, let's go to let's go to Top Golf. Let's go out to eat. Let's go here, you know, bring your families to the to the house and we'll have a cookout. I can get that, like a team bonding thing, but what I can't get behind is canceling for a whole week because you need that time to practice. You need that time to get your rhythm. You need that time for your brand new quarterback to come in and learn a new system that he hasn't learned yet. He needs to get to know the wide receivers that he's going to be working with, with the running back, the offensive lines, the check meets, all that stuff. And that's what, that's the time to do it is within minicamp and OTAs and training camp. That's when you start polishing stuff like that. 
But if you don't, you're going to have a problem. And I think that these these mini camps that they're going to be canceling that are mandatory, it's going to be a big killer, in my opinion. All right, so moving on, moving to my Dallas Cowboys. So Dak Prescott said that the new offense that Mike McCarthy is going to be uh, placing in is more is fun and refreshing. So the question of the day is, will I think he'll do better than last year? I absolutely think so. I don't think that he's going to have, you know, a repeat of last year. If you see kind of how he is, you know, last year was kind of an anomaly for the interceptions because he averages probably, I think he averages about like 10 or 11 interceptions in a season. So last year was kind of a fluke in the interception game from that standpoint. I think it was just, you know, a bad you know, it was just a result of not having Amari Cooper and realizing that, you know what, maybe we can't just do it with one wide receiver, you know, one uh, number one, you know, a banged up Michael Gallup and hopefully a tight end that works out. And also it didn't help that the other wide receivers that they drafted, Taylor Tolper, uh, that, you know, he didn't work out. And then Cavante uh, Turbin, you know, he was more of a special teams, special teams guy, so he really didn't run that much with the offense. So... Now that they brought in Brandon Cooks, who is a deep field threat, and then Michael Gallup, they're reporting that he feels great, he's looking good, he's looking a lot better than he did last year, I think this is going to help him because now he has a fully healthy wide receiving core for the most part. Dak is not going to be having his thumb issue or a foot, inj uh, foot injury, the calf thing. He's not going to have any of that now. Now he's going to have probably a full healthy season. So I think he's going to be better. And on top of that, he's getting Tony Pollard back, who just rushed for over 1,000 yards the season prior. And that giant running back room, you know, composed of, Ronald, of Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones, uh, I think, uh, I forget who the third one is, and then uh, Deuce Vaughn, who they just drafted out of Kansas State, who's, you know, I think he was pretty good in the Big 12. So... You know, he has weapons, and then on top of that, he has a bunch of tight ends that they drafted, and what they have, I believe the tight ends are the weakest link, and then he has the the offensive line. So, I believe that Dak is going to be okay. I think he's going to do better than he did last year in the sense of he's not going to throw as many interceptions, and, you know, we can probably take a take a breather and say, you know what, now he has, you know, some good wide receivers, he has... He has a chance to make it work and especially since Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball more than he did than they did last season that like I said my biggest concern with Mike McCarthy calling the plays is that he hasn't called plays in a few years so the last time he was there was when he was in Green Bay before he got you know fired and they brought him at LaFleur he sat out and then he came back in but even when he got hired by the Cowboys he wasn't calling plays it was Kellen Moore so that's more of my bigger concern is going to be his decision making running the offense and kind of what he wants to do, you know, during the game. Because we've seen it. There are times where he should have called timeouts. There were times where he should have probably challenged plays. There were times where he should have not challenged plays. So a lot of his decision-making has been up for question that we've seen at least him coaching the Dallas Cowboys. So that's more of my concern, really. Not really that Dak is going to throw 15 interceptions again, which he's. I don't believe he's not. I think it's going to be more of the decision-making of Mike McCarthy and what direction they're going to want to go. Because, I mean... If, if they don't do well this season offensively, then, I mean, who's going to get the blame, Dak or Mike? Because they already blamed Kellen Moore. He's out, and now Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. Offense doesn't do good. Who are they going to point the finger at? Mike McCarthy. And he's probably going to be on the hot seat if they don't do good. Alrighty, so last topic for today's episode. So more gambling in the NFL. Cornerback for the Colts, Isaiah, Isaiah Ro uh, Rogers, has, is being investigated for gambling violations. Why is everybody gambling? Like, stop it. Knock it off. It's it's a rule. It's literally, I believe it's like one of the first things the NFL tells you when you first come into, come into the facility. Don't gamble. 
like you are part of the NFL organization who are not allowed to gamble on any of the games. I believe I, I don't know if this was true or not, but it was like he bet like he bet it on his own team to win, which first of all, you must have lost a lot of money last year because he, they did not do good. But second, you don't need to be gambling. You already make you know a good amount of money. And this was the same issue I had with Jameson Williams when he when they found out he was gambling. Why do you need to do that? You don't. You make enough money to do that. If it's about earning money, find other avenues. You know, invest, you know, investing, start a company, whatever. Figure that out. Get sponsorships, do commercials, whatever it may be. You know, you can figure it out and, you know, earn some side money that way. You don't need to be gambling, especially since the job literally tells you in the code of conduct of the NFL, you are not allowed to be gambling on the premises, on the premises, which they're there most of the time. And he got caught with it. And what I'm not understanding is that why NFL players and people, you know, in the NFL players are thinking they can outwork the NFL when they've proven that they can figure it out. They find out who you are. They've already caught like five people in the last two years, last couple years. First, Calvin Ridley, Jamison Williams, another uh, two people from the Lions, and now Isaiah Rogers. So that's what I'm. That's what I don't understand is that people, that some of the players are thinking that they're slick. And they can work around it and say, you know what, he, they can't figure it out. If I put my name under, I don't know, like, Rob, uh, let's say Robert Smith. I'm like, oh, I'm Robert Smith. I'm, I'm going to bet, you know, 50 bucks on the Colts to win against the Chiefs. I mean, first of all, you're not going to win any money doing that. Second of all, they're going to figure you out because they can always trace it. You know, they can, the NFL figures it out. The NFL doesn't mess around when it comes to gambling. They're like Baskin Robbins. They always find out. So keep that in mind. So... For the Colts, I mean, I, I don't think Isaiah Rodgers was like a, like a, a QB, like a, a CB1 or anything like that. So I think they'll be okay, but he's going to probably get suspended for a while. But I think that Roger Goodell, they got to figure something out with this gambling thing because it's getting not really out of control, but it's like people are trying to figure out a way to work around the NFL, which they shouldn't be. Like you are an NFL player. And the reason why is they're trying to uphold the integrity of the game. If you're in, you know, in the office of the Colts, and you find out, like, oh, hey, you know, this, the wide receivers, are, um, you know, let's say um, uh, Pittman, Pittman's hurt and he has a bad knee. Now, like, I can get, you know, I can gamble the, I believe the spread. Yeah, the spread. So I can gamble the spread and try to get it. But we've seen people lose money in the spread all the time. You know, because someone misses a field goal. Someone makes an extra, you know, doesn't make the extra point. Somebody returns a two-pointer. A safety can happen. Anything can happen, and you can still lose money either way. So the NFL is just trying to uphold their integrity of the game and you know take out gambling. Because another thing they want to avoid is point shaving. A big thing that you know in sports that happened was you know the White Sox back in the 1900s when you know they weren't getting paid a lot of money, but gamblers were telling them, "Hey, we'll give you X amount of money, you know, if you throw a World Series game." And they said, "Okay, yeah, sure." And guess what? They found out, and they got in a lot of trouble. And that's why sports and professional sports are trying to take away gambling out because they want to avoid point shaving and worst of all, players owing people, you know, and then that, you know, that leads to them, you know, point shaving or throwing games or getting more in trouble with the law, whatever it may be. So the NFL or, you know, anyone else out there that's professionally in the league, don't gamble. It's not worth it. It's not worth even trying. It's like the old saying goes, if you don't think it's right, you probably shouldn't do it and Leave it alone. So hopefully now the NFL players know that they will find out. They're like Baskin Robbins. The NFL finds out. So stay away from gambling. 
as long as you're in the league. But alrighty, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at CAV, uh, CAV Sports, CAV Sports Podcast. This episode will be up on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. And don't forget, June 17th, I will be at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for West Texas Comic Con. We will be having a live live audience episode with special guest Butterbean. Make sure you guys go get your tickets. They're still on sale right now. But until next time, see you guys later.